Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. It's great again to see each one of you. Theora, it's great to hear you. See you and hear your shofars, Pennington's. It's good. Get all giving a big hug. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, like I said, Pastor Bonnie wanted to make sure that I'd give her love to each one of you. And you know, she would give you a hug physically here. She was. Um, as the years pass, she gets prettier. Some of you gentlemen here, you will, Hank, do you realize that? I mean, it's, so as the years pass, she just gets prettier by the day. Exactly. Pennington, the same testimony, all of us who are married. Uh, anyway, here we, we, we have been, Bonnie and I felt, uh, that we were to give some time to looking at, we say often, we say the Lord's Prayer, oh, the Apostles' Creed. Well, what does it mean? And it, it is very important that this, these things have given strength for centuries to the church. So what, what made it special? So as we enunciated the, and proclaimed, and something happens, by the way, there's not, it is important that we don't be flaccid. I mean, one of the examples we're seeing right now in front of our eyes is, is some of us parents who send our children, I mean, I, well, my kids are grown now, but at one season we used to, I mean, they were from kindergarten on. Uh, we had to keep an eye on the education. I would, went over that textbook, things like that. I was many years ago... Uh, I was in Kenya, I was, but I, I graduated uh, number 12 among 2 million people. So it, that wasn't too bad in math <laughs> and uh, in, in English also. But uh, So I was immediately a graduate from high school for a, for a season. I was asked to teach uh, high school math. Uh, but I, I love math, but I was love teaching. But when I, we realized, as we get conscious parents, that our children were taught and have been teaching uh, just confusion about their sexuality even and uh, about honoring our flag or honoring uh, the national anthem, etc. Um, we realized, hey, we can't afford to go to sleep because Marxism, communism, all of those philosophies are always active and will encroach if we do not make a stand and be clear, hey, we are Christian believers and you're not going to teach them propaganda, Marxist, communist, whatever, and teach them to hate our, their country, hate their faith, etc., etc. So this is an honorable, by the way, I mean, I'm uh, an adopted American. I was born in another nation, but I came and became an American citizen. I'm grateful. This is, therefore, and we have gotten, Bonnie and, and I have had to, through the opportunity of, of presenting the gospel to the nations, 
We have been in our books also on more than 40 nations, and we have been there, lived there among the people. This is, I can guarantee tell you, this is the freest nation in the world. We are so privileged to live in this, but a lot of the strengths and the freedoms we have is we owe it, I mean, to to generations who battle for these values. And our founding fathers, praise God, who were revived, went through the first awakening, great awakening, and they were brought up, they grew up with the faith in Jesus and in the Word of God. The Word, you will, I mean, at some other sessions, Bonnie taught this too, about how the Constitution that we enjoy is based on the Word of God, on certain scriptures, and that give us wisdom and stability and strength. And nobody has come to about with any other founding document as brilliant, as wonderful as the Constitution of the United States. So we want to... We, in our generation, want to be aware of the principles that make us strong. And part of it is the Apostles' Creed that, as we say it, for me, this is, hey, my house. It belongs to Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. And wherever we are, we're going to declare his lordship over this area. We're going to declare this lordship, for example, According to our faith, we're going to declare him Lord over the Charlotte area, over Fort Mill, Rock Hill, etc. Areas that no other power, you spirit of drug addiction, you bow to the name of Jesus. You drug cartels, you are bound in Jesus' name. And we have the authority. So you, as we as believers in Jesus, and that's what we have been going over through the uh, the Apostles' Creed, uh, in part of the lines that we have the last few weeks, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's one of the, one of the things after uh, I believe in the Jesus Christ. He's crucified, dead, buried, I mean, resurrected on the third day. And he ascended on high. And then I believe in the Holy Spirit, in the church universal. So last week we began sharing on the church universal and uh, today I want to share on that, on a particular aspect of this from, uh, a fe- we'll start with Ephesians chapter 1, if you will. And in verse 1 onwards, says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So it's Paul himself. And what I want you to take note is that it's not Paul and Barnabas and etc. So Paul and Timothy and etc. It's pure Paul himself, the greatest apostle. And he is sharing with us to the saints who are in Ephesus. So this is specifically his writing to the church in Ephesus and the, all the believers. So there was a beautiful, vibrant city of Ephesus years ago. And to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, And he wishes them grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this epistle, and this is some of the most profound pictures uh, of what the church is, who we are collectively through the eyes of Jesus Christ. 
And God is giving us some of the purest uh, vision of the believing church of Jesus Christ, who you are, what's your identity. And it's Paul who's writing. I wanted to ask just a trick question here. Where is he writing from? He's writing from jail. He is in prison. He has been in prison, basically, on, because of his faith. But he's writing from prison. And I, I just want to point that out, um, that here, this is, and then the other book, by the way, that he wrote by himself, totally, and it's not other partners who partnered with him. Romans, the book of Romans, that's where we learn about salvation by faith through, through grace. We, we have salvation by exercising faith through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the revelation God gave to Paul. And uh, the word heavenly, by the way, in Ephesians, is, is used five times. And he's writing from jail. Um, there are a lot of things often you, that it freed up his time. He didn't have to go anywhere. He, he was right there from jail. The other thing I want to point out is often the part of the life principle sometimes is that it is when we are humble, he, he went down. I mean, there are not too many places you can go more down than being in jail. And he was in prison, and the only place he could go up is go up. That's now. And so often, that's part of an important principle in God. Don't, um, it's okay when you go through some downtime. Uh, we also, sometimes the Lord will have us be, work. Jesus came as a servant. That's how, what I mean. Is he humbled himself and came in the form of a servant. And then, when he's resurrected, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above every name. So, this is, this is example number one in Jesus Christ, but also, we, God may require for us to go through some time where we humble ourselves. But part of the definition of who we are, I, I am proud to say I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, many years ago, that took a, the church there, which we, we pastored that many, many years ago, in, in Flor Florida, laid hands on Derek Prince and myself and said, we recognize you as apostles. We send you forth. But I like to introduce myself as a servant of the living God. There is no shame. Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus. I'm an apostle, but he, Jesus, I mean, he was an apostle, but often he was quite relaxed in saying, I'm a servant of the Lord. That's, uh, and then through that, it helps us. And in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4, verse 9, it says, I will go to verse 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift, Ephesians 4. Therefore, he, the Lord, says, when he ascended on high, that's the Father, when, about Jesus, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive 
and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So Jesus himself descended and then he, he ascended on high and led captivity captive. Um, so humility in, in the principle in God, humility goes before honor. If we require honor, then you put God in a place where he has to humble you. So I would rather <laughs> take a humble place and let him promote you and exalt you. We, d we go down or humble ourselves and God promotes you. And then in that context here, then God, apostle himself, Paul the apostle, sees and the Lord reveals to him seven different ways by which the church fulfills its purpose through, in, in the name of the Lord. And in Ephesians chapter 1, which we began with, it says in verse 22, um, it says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. And here the word church is ecclesia. And it's used also in Acts 19, 41 means the assembly, the gathered ones. They're called out ones, and they gather. One of the uh, examples I've preached from that has really inspired me a lot in the realm of uh, writing a book on the hidden power of prayer and fasting, which the Lord required for me to do before I wrote about it. I remember it was the 18th year of doing disciplined fasting that the Lord said, now you can write about it. But <clears throat> the church is, we are called out once. You've been called out from darkness into his marvelous light. At one time, you did not know Jesus. But God in his mercy has revealed Jesus. And you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess. And I pray that each of you have an awesome experience, a transformating experience in Jesus Christ. And he, he has you turn your back on your own ways and on sinful ways and turn where Jesus is your Savior. His power comes in your life. The name of Jesus is precious to you. And there has been a change. You are not what you used to be. You are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So may that be an experience for each of us. So we have been called out from darkness into his marvelous light. And we are therefore ecclesia. We have been called out from the world and from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. And uh, so we are called the Ecclesia, the assembly of God. The other picture that the Lord gives us in Ephesians is 
uh, it tells us uh, we are the body of Christ. That's the other picture. You are the body. Christ is the head. We are the body. So say I'm part of the body. The other view Paul gives us is, he says, you are God's, and I will give some scriptures for some of these. You are God's workmanship. Say workmanship. Or the real meaning behind it is uh, you are God's masterpiece. So God created the animals. God created the giraffe and the, the zebra and the lion and the elephant. I, I, was, I was brought up in Kenya. Just on the edge of Savo, all of, most all of these animals lived there. Uh, I saw the, but you, I mean, you see the elephant and it's quite magnificent. Or the hippo is quite fascinating. See all of this, but God said, that's nothing. My masterpiece is the church. My masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Say, I'm God's masterpiece. So that ultimate act of his creative genius is the church. It's you. Then it kind of just says, well, Lord, I don't know about whether I'm your masterpiece, but I will take it on faith. But I mean, it's almost, it humbles you to know that God, in his God's opinion, you are awesome. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are awesome. You may not feel sometimes the devil makes you feel bad. No. You are an awesome, a work, in a sense, it's attached, that word in Greek is attached to, to arts and artistry. and It's the ultimate work of art. You are. And then Ephesians 2, 19 um, He says, now therefore you are no longer strangers. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and members of the household of God. The household of God. That means you are God's family. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So here, there are two special things. You are, you are a member of God's household, basically, meaning you are God's family. God calls you family. Isn't that great? I Enough mean, I, I for... For me, for years, I used to, I mean, because I came from, my family was from a Hindu background. I grew up Hindu. And then I had exercised faith in Jesus Christ. I had an amazing supernatural experience of meeting the Lord and the heaven opened up, etc., etc. But I knew that I was in the family of God and it was such an amazing experience for years. I mean, I had to hit my head on the head almost saying, you know, you're part of the family of God. 
God himself is your father. Jesus Christ is your elder brother. And wow, you are family. You are family. You are family. Turn to your neighbor say, you are family. So that's why God, you are called at once. You are special. You are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship. And you are part of the family of God. That's, and then here I read, not only are you part of the household of God, but it says you are growing, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Swahili we call it tempelu. Uh, you are the temple of God or the building of God, but it is for the holy habitation of God himself. You are the temple. And uh, building is a generic term. The specific term is temple. Your part, the, the, where we go to worship God. You are the temple of God. That's the fifth picture. And, uh, and the sixth that we see in Ephesians um, Ephesians chapter 5 that Ephesians 5 verse 25 it says um, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might should be holy and without blemish. So just as the Bible says, as husbands, love your wives, just like Christ loves his church. So in this one, uh, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So this is the, the sixth picture of Paul's perspective of how God sees us. And this is the sixth pi picture that Jesus is the divine bridegroom. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. You are the bride. Say, I'm part of the bride. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes that I used to, I mean, every winter, most of the time, I used to go hunting, either hunting deer or geese or ducks. And I would be in my hunting outfit. I said, I don't think I feel like a bride. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but anyway, God sees you as the bride of Christ. So that's the sixth picture. And the seventh will go on from Ephesians 5 to Ephesians chapter 6. It says, goes on, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Say, armor of God. Let's pause here and say, who do... Who officially puts on the armor? A soldier. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And this then he describes the armor of someone who was a serving soldier in the army at that time, the army of Rome. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And so, that's the seventh picture perspective of who you are as far as the Bible. You are the army of God. Say army of God. Because you're putting on the whole armor of God. And then, Therefore, you, I pray that you have a revelation as never before that God, as the army of God, then he, he gives you assignment. Hey, you will, here I was, I don't know why I was, there was a movie about, I don't know how many of you watched, uh, Westerns or like Westerns or Audie Murphy. Uh, how many of you have seen an Audie Murphy movie? You are special. Uh, <laughs> but... He was, as a young man, just barely 18, he was conscripted during the Second World War. And there's a famous movie about his life called To Hell and Back. But he truly earned, I mean, I think the highest honors the Army, United States Army could give, and then he had the highest honors from the French Army, etc., from other armies. But he had every, the Medal of Honor and then all uh, the Distinguished Service Cross and then this, this, this. I mean, you can read it. It's there in, the, in, in Wikipedia. But he was one of the most decorated soldiers uh, in the U.S. Army. And I'm just thinking, say, uh, we are part of the Army of God. You are. And so you do exploits. It does not matter, matter whether you are a male or female. One of the greatest warriors of Christ uh, for my, in my life was Ruth Heflin. Uh, and uh, another one was Sister Gwen, Gwen Shaw, who's a great friend. She's with both of them are with the Lord now. But uh, um, whether it's men or women, you are part of the army. You are a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, past. Uh, Maria Woodward Edder, for example, one of my favorite saints. And then there are others who have gone on in before in history. So God has used male or female. But you are part, you are an, part of the army of God. So on one side, you are the bride of Christ. And the, the sixth and the seventh picture is quite uh, astounding. God calls you, you are the bride of Christ. A bride is beautiful. She's in that bridal dress. I mean, gorgeous. I was thinking of 
Bonnie when she was when she got married, and uh, she looked stunning still for me. But a w woman who got in when she dresses up in a bri bridal outfit, she's beautiful, she's soft, she's so lovely. At the same time, you're the army. You're tough. You're warlike. You're trained. You're a soldier with the army, with the armor. So this is quite a contrast. And yet this is how God sees you, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can transform yourself. And this is how you see. So number one, the assembly. Number two, the body. Number three, the workmanship. Number four, the family, the household of God. Number five, tempelu, the temple. Number six, the bride. Number seven, the army. And what purpose does it serve? What does God get out of the army or the bride? If I'm a soldier, what is my attitude? Also, to my fellow soldiers, we, we honor and respect other fellow soldiers and learn to honor. So we have the assembly. By the way, the founding colony in the U.S., one of the founding colonies was Virginia, and its administrative uh, gathering was called the Assembly of the Burgesses. So assembly has a governmental connotation. We are God's assembly. So in that, you have the authority. We used to have, when I, I was raised up in Kenya, Africa, the British government established for Kenya a legislative assembly. So the concerns of taxation, etc., was determined by the legislative assembly. We call it the House the, the, and the Senate, but that's the assembly is God's assembly. He has gathered you all. So you have, and then part of the army, for me, is a combination of the, the assembly determines this is an enemy force. For example, for us, I hope it's okay with you that we say, at least the Marxism, that we have been exposed to here or the communism, that they hate the name of Jesus Christ. They will not accept the Word of God as the Word of God. Some kind of treatise, something, some nice writing maybe, but not the Word of God. For us as believers, it is the Word of God. So, And then as the army of God, it says, tells us, uh, you are, we are confronting principalities and powers all kinds of demonic forces. And in that, you have authority. You have, we'll go over some other time uh, that we are, we are taught, Jesus teaches in that scripture, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I mean, that's an amazing, powerful, magnificent authority that God gives us corporately. So we, we say to, you have authority. We have authority, say, to drug cartels that would be trying to, or 
uh, or drug addicts. I mean, selling cheap drugs as much as they can to have innocent people get under the grasp of these drug traffickers. And so we, in the name of Jesus, as part of the army of God, we are going to make a stand and say, you foul spirits, you will not function here in my town. In our town, our little babies are living here. And our children are growing up here. And you, spirit of drugs, you will not touch. Or the spirit of hatred. Or the spirit of racism. You will not function here in, in our territory. We c- commit this ground to Jesus Christ. That's why, why, why do we say, that's why, they, I mean, we don't have time to explain all the time. But that's why we stand up, say the Lord's Prayer, or we say the Apostles' Creed. We believe in Jesus. That means, and he is risen from the dead. He's a miracle-working God, and he is here with me. And you, foul spirit, you will cannot function in this neighborhood and in this city. It's, in a sense, it's the, the police are just the representative, and God bless them. But it should be the, the prayer and the support culture from the community that says, lawlessness, we are not going to accept that. You know, the incident yesterday even, there was a ball game going on in Washington, D.C. And out there somewhere, there was a gunshots. And a section of the ballpark heard those gunshots. And what do you do? They immediately, I mean, people may be firing. So the, the players were told to go back run, not be open in the field. And the people were told to take shelter. I mean, they were running. You saw a video. Well, that should, it's an almost an insult also, not only to the police, but to the church culture of people. This, there are believers here in this city, and you foul, lawless, violent spirit, we bind you in the name of Jesus. Am I making sense? And so that's part of the thing that God wants us to be conscious of, that you are awesome. You are part of the army of God. Put on the full armor of God. Take, it says at the end, take the sword of the Spirit and take up the shield of faith. So you have a shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. And you're going to smite these evil powers and where and then part of the assembly, where part of the thing is, if there are legislators, if there are people who are saying there's no, there's not going to be lawlessness in our where there is our authority, whether it's a state or a city, we're not going to allow lawlessness. You can't run around and kill little kids. You're going to be arrested and put in prison. And that's to establish, I mean, a a healthy fear. I can't break the law. I can't steal. I can't run up to an elderly lady and beat her up just because she's walking down the street. You'll be put away 10, 15 years, whatever it takes. But suddenly, 
And it, an example was the time during the mayoral, mayoral uh, service of uh, Rudy Giuliani. They call back those days. And it was, I think they called the broken window philosophy, which means you throw a stone at a broken window, you're going to be at a, at a window and break it, you're going to be arrested. And what, what it meant was we are not going to tolerate the, the littlest bit of lawlessness because we tolerate that. Then they started, I mean, they were tolerating all kinds of things in the last few years. I mean, you, you could get out in one day having committed some pretty dark things and it was like, yeah, it's nothing. It's the you tolerate that kind of culture, then lawlessness abides all over, and then little kids have to hide and take shelter, and elderly people cannot walk down the streets. That's I'm kind of saying to you that that it this all makes sense, that the church is the final, I mean, uh, authority. We're going to bind and loose. We're going to take authority. And that you, as you go to your house, you can even, I mean, we have anointing oil. We have prayed and fasted and blessed that oil. Part of the thing I recommend to some, someone who is first goes to an apartment house or a house, they, they buy a house, I say, has it been blessed? And they should know my language. I'm just saying, hey, there may have been previous occupants. It may have been something bad things happened. Bad words were spoken or even bad actions were taken. You go in there, you claim it. Hey, whatever things are here, if you are a dark spirit, get out of here. This belongs. We declare Jesus Lord over this house, over every room, in the kitchen, in the bedroom, in the living room. We bless it and say, welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome, holy angels. But this house belongs to Jesus. Amen? So if you have ever forgotten to do that, or no, we have not been taught that, you can take a bottle of anointed oil from here. We'll give you one and pray with you. And you bless that house. You put oil around it however you want to do it. And uh, say, thank you, Lord. This house belongs. And you will see, you will sense a shalom of God in your home you did not sense. So there may have been previous occupants. And I pray there may be, have been good people. But if there have been nasty experiences, that doesn't matter. You claim it for Jesus. And it belongs then to not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but to you. And so, and it's in when Jesus calls uh, Peter, Petros, Little Rock, but up on the Petra, this giant cliff, if he gives a picture, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not come against it. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And uh, so this is, we are, you are commissioned by the living God as we get a revelation that you administer the authority of God in heaven. 
our God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have believed in the Lord. You have been transformed. And you have authority. Say, I have authority. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, by the way, John, Gospel of John chapter 10 says, I am the door. He also says, I am the shepherd. So there's only one door, and the name is Jesus. The, you cannot come by other, you cannot climb over the window, uh, go through the window or over the fence. You're, you go through the door, and that's, my door is what? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I've repented, and I believe the Word of God. So he is the shepherd. So uh, Jesus crucified, specifically. Jesus crucified is the door. And then Jesus, risen from the dead, leading us, is the shepherd. Uh, so first we come through the door. And you have access then to the whole fold, to all the sheep. So Jesus, as he's resurrected, becomes the shepherd. We cannot climb up by the side, by a side door. Therefore, those who would, it lets you know, guides you, that these humanists of whatever who have never accepted Jesus Christ, in fact, they have rejected the gospel of Jesus. They have rejected Jesus himself. And then they want to encroach in your life and tell you, do this, do that. This is right. This is wrong. Nope. It is Jesus. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit who are going to tell me what is right and what is wrong. Amen? So there are these philosophies that pretend as if they're, yeah, they're, they're nice people. We'll accept this. But as you accept their standards, slowly you find out they want you to accept this, and then they want you to accept your child changing their sex, and they want to accept um, unnatural acts, uh, and things like that. That I have to be wise how I say that now anymore. But the Word of God is our guidance. We're not confused. Um, so there will be, as we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a, when we, and you have to be ready to disagree wisely. I don't, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Word of God. And this proud, self-sufficient, humanistic, arrogant, who do not accept Jesus Christ, they are not going to have control over us, or over our children. So that's hallelujah. Today, this is where I will stop. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a big clap. We appreciate it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. So, we're going to... Um, why don't you stand up? Hallelujah. If you don't, don't mind taking your neighbor's hand, 
If you're not talking to your husband, forgive him right now and hold his hand. I'm joking. <laughs> Say, thank you, Lord. Through Jesus Christ, I have faith. I'm born again. Jesus is the door. And he is my shepherd. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He was resurrected on the third day. He has ascended on high. I thank you, Lord, that through his name, I am part of the assembly of God. I'm part of his body. I am his genius workmanship. I am part of the family of God. God is my father. Jesus is my elder brother. I form the temple of God. I am part of the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. I am the bride. I am the army of God. I have authority to bind and to loose. In Jesus' name, I have authority. And I thank you, Lord. Amen. Give him a big clap. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh Javda, visit us at javdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.